Okay, chapter 8 is um, talking about Earth and talking about what sort of properties it has that we use to determine how other properties, uh, how other planets uh, behave. And um, it's pretty cool to think about that Earth is a planet just like all these other planets that we see and we are on it. Um, and this is sort of a setting, uh, this chapter is basically to give you an idea of the things we talk about when we're, uh, or the things we look for in other planets. A lot of people don't know that NASA, one of its jobs is to study the Earth, and people think, well, NASA, why are you studying the Earth? You're supposed to be studying space. But the more we learn about Earth uh, as a planet, the better we learn about other planets. And then we can compare things that we learn about Earth to other planets and things we learn about other planets to Earth to try to figure out, you know, how our Earth works, what it's going to happen in the future, and uh, kind of stuff like that. Um, so this is a pretty good chapter. I like... Um, what they have, it's short, so you go ahead and read that, and I'll kind of try to guide your uh, understanding of what you need to focus on. So um, you've got some properties of the Earth here. It's one AU from the sun. Remember, one AU is one astronomical unit, and that's the diff the average distance from the Earth to the sun. It's got a period of one year. It's got a mass of six times ten to twenty-four kilograms. Its diameter is about twelve thousand kilometers, and the radius is half that. The escape velocity, you want to go 11.2 kilometers per second in order to get off the rock, get into orbit, or go visit the moon. Um, you need, uh, it has a rotational period of 24 hours, almost, um, uh, and the surface area is 5.1 times 10 to the 8th kilometers squared, which is a lot of surface area. There's density and atmospheric pressure. Notice a lot of those things are 1, and we compare other planets to these. Uh, numbers of one in terms of this. So what is Earth made out of? On the inside, we use seismic waves to determine what the inside is made out of. So when an earthquake happens, we can measure the waves passing through different mediums. And uh, so if there's a less dense part of the Earth and it hits a, a more dense area of the Earth, then we get a reflection. And so when earthquakes happen, we, we use those to map out the inside of of the Earth. And this is what we found in figure 8.3. It's got an inner core, it's got an outer core, it's got a mantle, which is, you know, a very large part of the Earth, and then the crust on the surface. Um, so the top layer is the crust, and that's the part we know the best, obviously, because we live on there. Um, but it's really, really, really cool. So you can read through this. Uh, uh, figure 8.4 is showing you sort of a computer-generated image of um, what, this, uh, what this thing looks like, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and Earth has a magnetic field, the magnetic field of Earth. Um, so uh, let me just go back to that previous picture of Earth with the core. So there are certain properties of Earth that tell us that this is what the core is and the crust is and whatever. And we can compare these properties like the density and the other physics to other worlds and determine what their insides must look like too. So it's really cool to be able to do that. Now the magnetic field, almost every body, you know, it's you need to have a, a magnetic field in order to protect the things that are on the surface and to protect them from the sun. So we have a force field from the core that's rotating, and it's called the magnetosphere, and that is the area uh, around the Earth where the uh, uh, magnetic field is protecting the Earth against the particles from the sun. It also uh, it, it protects us from a lot of other uh, high-energy particles that are coming in uh, from space. So um, anyway, that magnetic field is something that uh, is really important to planets. So we look for magnetic fields on planets. It turns out that um, 
Jupiter has the biggest uh, magnetic field in the solar system. Uh, but this is really great. The last paragraph here in section 8.1 says the magnetosphere was discovered in 1958 by instruments on the U.S.'s first satellite, Explorer 1, which recorded the ions trapped in the, uh, in the inner part of the uh, uh, magnetosphere. And this region is often called the Van Allen belts in recognition of the University of Iowa professor who built the instrument for Explorer 1. Um, so that's a really uh, a nice nod to the state of Iowa and uh, uh, James Van Allen, who made this discovery. So uh, section 8.2, what is the crust made up uh, made up of? It's mostly made up of uh, oceanic basalt, uh, basalt and continental granite, and they're both uh, igneous rocks. And it's just a rock that's any any rock that is cooled from a molten state. So. Um, all, volca all volcanically produced rock is igneous. So um, there's other types of rocks, sedimentary rocks, metamorphic rocks, primitive rocks. Um, and so you can read about what those uh, properties are. Uh, plate tectonics, that's when the motion of the crust on around the Earth, the crust is kind of floating on the surface of the Earth, and it's moving around all the time, about four millimeters a year. And uh, um, so the process of this is called plate tectonics. And uh, it, it's caused by the convection of the, you know, molten uh, lava, the magma underneath the earth, bubbling up to the surface, moving things around. Um, and it's pretty wild. Uh, so um, let's see. You can keep reading about that. That's really good stuff. So the rift and subduction zones. So, um, you know, there's, there's parts under the ocean where lava comes up and starts adding material which pushes the crust around and that's going to run into areas which which bump into other parts of the earth because if you're if you're increasing the crust if you're stretching it out it's got to stretch into something and so that's where you end up with the rift zones and the subduction zones so the rift zones are where there's cracks in the surface and lava is coming out and it's pushing the crust around and the subduction zones where they um uh smushed together and then that's where you have your uh, earthquakes and tsunami areas like the ring of fire in uh, the pacific ocean okay so um san andreas fault there we see very active region in california that's where one crustal plate is sliding sideways so you just end up with these giant uh forces building up energy and they eventually release that energy and it causes massive uh, earthquakes um, it's hard for us to predict those because there's, it's very, very, uh, large areas with a lot of energy and, uh, it's hard to get that detailed of measurements on those. Um, uh, but there's folks in, um, in, in that whole area trying to monitor them, trying to figure this out. But the last time it blew was, um, 1857, 1857, and it's been building ever since. So, we're just waiting for all that tension to be released um, sometime soon. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, let's continue on. So volcanoes. Volcanoes are cool. You can just read about that there. Uh, figure eight or uh, chapter eight point three now. Earth's atmosphere. Um, you don't really need to know a ton about the uh, compositions in terms of the ionosphere, the mesosphere, the stratosphere. Um, or any of that, you just what you have to pay attention to is that most of the atmosphere is where the clouds are and below, um, and that's that's uh, you know the oxygen you're breathing. You can walk if you get 
on a tall enough mountain, you're going to run out of oxygen enough to breathe. So that just shows you how thin the atmosphere is. Um, you just go up to a couple of mountains in Colorado and you'll be, um, you know, huffing for air uh, because of how thin the atmosphere really is. It's like a piece of saran wrap on a basketball. Okay, so the composition of, of Earth's atmosphere, it's nitrogen, oxygen, a little bit of argon, carbon dioxide, water, and some other gases, uh, dust particles and other things suspended in the air. Um, but uh, you can read about the composition and history of, of it here. What you really need to know is that um, where did the atmosphere come from and that it's um, sort of a secondary atmosphere that was added later on. So weather and climate, so obviously weather is what you experience day to day and climate is sort of the overall patterns of, of Earth's uh, weather year to year to year to year. And so we're, uh, we're worried about um, uh, something that's called climate change because Earth's climate is changing and the issue is that it's changing quite rapidly. Uh, over the last 30 years, it's changed significantly, measurably and in a negative way. Uh, so, you know, whether it's long-term damage to the planet is debatable because we can always adapt to something. Um, but if it changes too quickly for most people to adapt to, then you're going to have, you know, famine, war, drought, uh, people suffering. So that's the concern with climate change is that it's happening faster than we'll be able to manage the uh, consequences. Um, so that's, that's basically what this uh, section is about. Um, so life evolution, chemical change. So the origin of life, we think they're coming from, uh, you know, single-celled atom, uh, creatures that formed about 4 billion years ago. And we've seen the rocks that they created from their activities that are about that old, uh, like in some weird places in Australia and other fossilite areas, we find these really, really old um, creatures and their uh, fossilized remnants. And we think that they're sort of the, the very first uh, single-celled atoms, and then, or not atoms, but uh, bacteria, and then they keep uh, evolving and growing and growing and growing from there to more and more complicated um, uh, animals, basically. And then the evolution of the atmosphere, um, we have oxygen in our atmosphere now because of photosynthesis. So um, the, the original bacteria uh, would uh, eat carbon dioxide and eat other um, gases and spit out oxygen as a waste product. So the reason our atmosphere is, has a lot of oxygen is because of the emergence of life on the planet. Um, so this photosynthesis and these uh, other uh, little bacteria that spit out oxygen as a byproduct are what are responsible for putting so much oxygen in our atmosphere. So that's actually one of the, the things we look for for life is to see if there's oxygen in an atmosphere for a planet uh, around a different star because um, that's a sign that uh, life has probably uh, taken root on that planet. Uh, so the greenhouse effect here, the greenhouse effect is basically why the planet is warm and why the moon is freezing. The atmosphere traps infrared radiation, keeps it close to the surface, and that keeps us warm. And without it, we would be complete, like our oceans without an atmosphere would be rock solid. They would be frozen uh, all the way through. So it's just the atmosphere, basically holds onto the sunlight a little bit longer before it lets it go back out into space. And that is, uh, keeps us at a nice uh, temperature. Uh, figure 8.18 is the is a map of data points from a, a research base in Hawaii showing the concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and it's 
undeniably that we're adding carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. The question is, you know, what kind of consequences are going to be felt? And uh, we already see just tons of effects. Um, the, the, the Arctic is melting at a alarming rate and we're going to see sea levels rising. They already are. Um, and, you know, some, some civilizations in different Pacific islands are facing uh, aquifers being infiltrated by seawater so they can't drink water from their, uh, from their aquifers because they're now below sea level. So anyway, so there's a lot of issues from, uh, from the increased warming that we're experiencing and the effects that uh, they're causing, including, ironically, the super cold winter we just had. <laughs> okay, so um, 8.5, uh, there's craters on Earth, right? We can't see them. There's in figure 8.19, a really nice preserved crater from a long time ago. You can see how the activity is erasing it, though. So this example of how if your planet is active, you're not going to have a lot of uh, evidence of, of impacts on the surface. So when we look for impacts on other planets, we look for, um, you know, are they being erased? Are they eroding? That helps us understand how, how the planet's working or the moon. Okay, so uh, there's a couple other examples here which are interesting to read about. You've got the meteor crater there in Arizona, which I talked about. Definitely worth a visit. About 30 minutes outside Phoenix. Only 50,000 years old. So, uh, you know, not super old in terms of, of impacts. Um, the mass extinctions, basically every mass extinction in history has happened because of something that hit the Earth. And these things are of huge consequence. They completely change um, uh, how the whole planet operates. And, and that can be devastating to the ecology and kills off a ton of life. And the best is the, the death of the dinosaurs caused by a crater which hit um, an area in the Yucatan Peninsula in uh, Mexico. So it was just a massive uh, impactor. It left a thin layer of dust which can be seen globally. And that was how it was sort of discovered was that, wow, there is a thin layer everywhere we look at the same geological history level. If you could dig down into the surface of the earth into different uh, pasts, um, it's, it's all at the same time frame. And so it must have just been a massive uh, impactor, which just sent a ton of dust in the air and ended up freezing the planet, basically, um, because no, no infrared uh, energy could get to the surface. So that's uh, pretty, pretty wild. Um, killed, killed a bunch of stuff. It, uh, before it froze, it, it started a lot of fires. So um, real, real bad stuff. Um, anyway, that will happen in the future. So look forward to that. Uh, it'll be up to us to figure out how to manage through something like that. Um, but it, it would have lasted a really long time. Okay, so um, they don't happen super often, but we're definitely looking for them. Uh, so anyway, that is the end of uh, chapter eight.